from the basement of Ann Arbor, Michigan, it's the Siggy Lama Show, starring Sigmund Lamar. In this long-awaited and current episode, we get into current affairs and get ourselves unsubscribed by roughly half of you. We talk about the last, oh, sumpty-sumpty months of Blood Bowl history and a musical treat. And now, emerging from a torpor slumber, Sigmund Lamar! Oh boy, we're out of practice with those intros. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Siggy Lama Show. This is Sigmund Lamar. Uh, I've been gone a little while. Don't know if you've noticed. It's only been about seven months since I put on an episode. Is it eight now? Who can count? Who can count months? Nobody can. Um, been some reasons I've been gone. Uh, there have been a lot of other things to do. A lot of other things to do. Lots of other podcasts to listen to. Blood Bowl podcasts, that is. Um, I'm sure you're aware of the recent explosion of them. I haven't even had a chance to listen to all of them, really. I did listen to uh, um, a Nufflecast. Um, let see. Skulls and Ones uh, dropped their bacon. Um... Uh, there's, there's ones in various languages, which is great, um, especially for people who understand those languages. There's, there's lots of choices. You're, you're spoiled for choice now. You don't really need the Sigi Lama show like you once did, if you ever did. Um, it's pretty easy to listen to nothing but Blood Bowl podcasts for a month and not hit them all. If you don't spend a lot of time listening to podcasts and, uh, and I've been in a position where, uh, at work, I'm just in meeting after meeting after meeting and I, uh, I get, I get talked out. I get talked out too much talking in my ear all day long. And so on my, uh, commute, which happens to be a walk, uh, to and from work, which is when I used to listen to a lot of podcasting, I, uh, I realized I'm a little bit happier in, during my day if I listen to music on that walk because I'm going to be listening to people talk all day long. So uh, I've been I've been consuming fewer podcasts than usual, um, and and even when I am listening to podcasts, I'm listening to a lot of been listening to a lot of news and current affairs because I don't know if you've noticed, but um, the world is kind of going crazy um, over the past year, and uh, I don't know. I feel like I need to keep on top of that. It's like we're living. It's like we're living in the middle of a. It's not the War of Five Kings. It's more like. It's more like Storm of Swords, or it's more like we're in the. Um, like we're in that part where uh, Arya is like roaming around the Riverlands and just like there used to be everybody used to know what they were fighting for. Um, and now it's everything's just kind of messed up. Everyone's just sniping at each other and chewing at themselves. And what whatever it was we were supposed to be dealing with, nobody's dealing with that. And we're dealing with all this other uh, bullshit instead. It's like there's. And, you know, and I say this in a facetious way, um, 
because, you know, a lot of what's been going on has been like presidential politics in the United States and, and Brexit um, in England. But uh, there's also lots of people getting killed um, in all sorts of different ways. Well, no, in pretty much one way, getting shot, um, but f- by all different types of people and for uh, different motives. So, you know, you got race, you got religion, you got revenge, um, you got just like general rage uh, and people not knowing where to direct it, but they, they have the means to direct it. And so they do. And yeah, it's just, uh, and it's just like every day it's something different. This is a very strange week to even do a Blood Bowl podcast because uh, my heart's really heavy with all the um, the police shootings and then the, the revenge uh, sniping in Dallas. And oh my goodness, it's like in Orlando. And it's like there's a, it's like there's a, it's like there's a sickness that's burning its way through the country right now. And not just our country. I mean, it manifests itself in, in stuff like the Brexit vote. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just like uh, a lot of we, – we convinced ourselves that we were making progress as a – some of us had convinced ourselves we were making progress as a, as a tolerant and uh, inclusive society – and, uh, and I used to really believe that um, just, like, let enough generations pass and just naturally will just, like, racism uh, will erode and then eventually will take care of uh, class divide. But, uh, but racism, I thought, that's, that's just going to happen naturally. Just wait for the old racist to die and then we'll be fine. And, uh, you know, I'm confronted uh, every day, <laughs> every time I go on Twitter – um, with the evidence that that's not true, that, uh, that there are plenty of, of uh, young folk running around who um, have some pretty intolerant views. And, you know, it's, it's not a natural progression. It's not a natural progression. It's an uphill climb every day. We all got to work at it every day at... Uh, at that, I don't know. I don't know what. Um, at trying to trying to love everybody else, or at least accept who they are, allow them to be what they are. Um, and it's it's strange the way you see people not able to even acknowledge their own attitudes. You know, like I just got into it with. Um, just someone I've known since childhood, uh, who, in the response to the uh, Alton Sterling, so this was the the guy in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, who was shot while being held down, um, and you know whatever whatever you think of the reasons he that happened, um, I posted what I thought was a pretty innocuous uh, uh, link to a an innocuous blog post just about, you know, um, if you happen to be white um, after uh, uh, a black person gets shot by cops, like here's some things to think about and um, and maybe, you know, how to, uh, some way to talk about it um, in a way that's thoughtful. And, uh, and uh, this acquaintance of mine, his response was um, to post a, um, 
it kind of pulls uh, one of the um, responses you often see, which is, well, he was no angel. This guy who got shot, he was no angel. Here's a picture of him uh, dressed as one of them rap singers. I'm not using his words, but I'm, I'm, I'm giving voice to the subtext uh, of, the, of his post. Um, you know, here he is, pillar of the community, uh, perfect angel, father of the year, posing with two kids holding toy guns pointed at the camera, um, wearing his hat sideways. Oh, my goodness. And, um, and you know, f- feeling the need to say that he once called his four-year-old daughter a hoe. Um, I don't know where that's documented or why it's relevant. And so, um, you know, calling him out on it. Oh, and, and so his... Uh, his thesis statement was maybe it was just his lifestyle that caught up with him. And I'm like, uh, dude, uh, by lifestyle, do you mean, okay, he had a gun and he got arrested a bunch of times and um, and that puts him in dangerous situations where he might get shot? Um, which, if that's your point, then I would counter with uh, black people who do that get shot at a much higher rate than white people who do that. Uh, and there's the data that backs that up. But that wasn't what he was saying. He was saying uh, um, all the details of his post were, if by, li- you know, by lifestyle you mean the way you dress and the way you talk, which is dressing like a black person or might choose to dress or talk, um, then you're going to get shot. And I won't be sorry if you do. You deserve it for acting that way, for looking that way. So, you know, so it was it was a way of him saying this isn't a race thing. It's it's not because he's black. It's because he acted black. That's the subtext. Right. And so I called him out on it. And his response was just to kind of repeat monotically, uh, monotically, um, monotonically, monotonically in a monotone. Uh, this is Facebook, so it's not a monotone, but, uh, you know, like going three or four times rounds of this like he just responded well no he resisted arrest he wasn't complying with the officer he had a gun he 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 was called for waving a gun around i'm like dude your original message mentioned none of that you know that wasn't like the first thing that came to your mind or the first response out of your mouth or out of your out of your keyboard um when you know you once again when uh this kind of incident comes up, suddenly you're in my Facebook feed commenting on, on my posts. Uh, and he just he just kept coming back to it. Like, no, it's because he had a gun because he didn't comply. I'm like, you know, why? If that was your argument, then that should have been your argument. But it wasn't your argument. Your argument was something pretty close to racism. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's racism. It was a shade shy of being blatant racism and then he can't even confront the fact it's like he's 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 uh he's been raised in a culture that has told him that being racist is bad and so he can't just come out and admit that he's a racist but he has to just speak that way and act that way but then if you call him on it, he sort of retreats into the shell was, oh, no, well, no, it's got nothing to do with race. And it's such bullshit. 
And I don't know. It's, I, it's your job to call people on that. You know, like the, 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 the black community gets criticized for black on black crime um, as if like every demographic didn't commit the majority of their crime against their own demographic. Um, as someone wrote really eloquently, if you if you want to see more interracial crime, you need more interracial neighborhoods, <laughs> period. Um, uh, the the Muslim community or the Muslim American community gets uh, criticized for not policing their own. Okay, fine. White folks, you got to police your own. When you see other white folks being racist, you got to call them on that and tell them, hey, uh, folks are getting killed. It's time to stop talking that way. It's time to stop thinking that way. Um, we we got to police our own that way. So... Uh, sorry to say, I've, uh, I played my hundredth, uh, NAF tournament game at my most recent tournament, uh, Moose Knuckle Cup in, uh, lovely, uh, Garden City, Michigan. Uh, thanks to those folks for holding it. Um, I've been to, uh, enough NAF tournaments to play a hundred tournament games. I got a pretty good idea of the demographics of... Uh, the listenership for this podcast, if they're anything like the demographics of the tournaments I attend. So, um, so yeah, sorry. I got on my soapbox. I went on this rant. It wasn't Blood Bowl related, but I feel it's my responsibility, just like it's yours, to, um, to, to say something. Because people are dying. Just about every day. Uh, and... I don't know. We all gotta we all gotta talk more about it. That's all I can say. Uh, so yeah, so that's been occupying uh, a lot of my uh, attention, um, and I didn't even get into Trump. So that's why I haven't been listening to uh, a lot of um, Blood Bowl podcasts. So sorry, fellow Blood Bowl podcasters, keep up the great work. I'm not saying we shouldn't all enjoy uh, the beautiful things in life. Uh, which include games that are fun and people whose company we enjoy. Uh, and I will say this, um, Blood Bowl tournaments, I think uh, I, I'm, I was teasing a little bit about the, the, the ethnic demographics of Blood Bowl community, but I do find, um, I do find Blood Bowl tournaments to be uh, horizon expanding for me or mind expanding for me because I do meet and encounter all sorts of people I don't normally find myself spending time with. Um, and let's be frank, a lot of that is um, is a class thing. You know, I live in Ann Arbor. Uh, I work at a university. Um, I, I'm around a certain type of person with a certain type of upbringing most of the time. Um, it's just sort of the way most of us live our lives, I think. Um, I'm not going to say it's everybody, but it's how a lot of people, you know, you just birds of a feather or whatever. Um, and so, you know, at Blood Bowl tournaments, I find myself spending a weekend with folks from backgrounds I don't always, you know, maybe people that are more like the people I grew up with, um, but not people I find myself with every day in my in my day to day life. And so and so I, you know, and not to mention at uh, at the big tournaments uh, with the international um or even just regional. You meet people from different 
areas of, of this country, meet people from other countries, get to spend time with them. Um, it's something, it's something that, uh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So, you know, there's different types of diversity. So I'll keep that in mind. And they all count. Wow, this has really become, this has really become my soapbox. Sorry. I got a lot of pent up things to say. I haven't been on a mic uh, spewing, spitting it for a while. Um, well, I have been on a mic. So here's the other thing that's been distracting me. Like I said, I've been listening to more uh, music lately. Um, I've been making more music lately. We'll get more in, into that in a bit. Um, but first, let's clear our throats and get into some actual Blood Bowl content. Would that be okay with you? All right. Hate to switch gears on you like that. Don't want to bait and switch. Okay, here we go. Blood Bowl. Uh, here's a riddle. Why did the Nurgle team try to hire Griff Oberwald? Hmm, why did the Nurgle team try to hire Griff Oberwald? I know. Because he had foul appearance. <laughs> okay, this was going to be my lead for this podcast episode before I decided to play Social Justice Warrior. Uh, the Siggy Lama Show is a Downey Award winner. The Downey Awards. This is, uh, this is already several, several months old. Um, was it in December? January? Or does it matter? Both Down had uh, the Downies where they gave out uh, awards, prizes, prizes in the form of words. Um, but words that meant a lot because, uh, I won one. I won a Downey for best podcast moment, best moment. Like that's, you know, like I said, there's a lot of global podcasts, global podcasts tend to be like 90 minutes long. That's a lot of moments over the course of a year. And they, they, they awarded me with the recognition of the best one. The best one. And it was for a song, um, which is very encouraging because I'm trying to work on songs these days. But it was also very encouraging um, in another way. Um, it, was a, it was a moment of redemption and, and, frankly, healing because I don't know if you recall, but 3 Die Blockhead, an episode back in December of 2014. Yes, I can remember back that far. I've been thinking about this that long. Um, well, here, it's episode uh, 108 for you lost fans. Uh, where they had the, the Blockies 2.0. Now, the Blockies 1.0, I have very fond memories of. It was maybe, it was among the very first episodes of any Blood Bowl podcast I'd ever listened to. I, um, I was not a Blood Bowl I was not a podcast listener um, for a long time, and uh, I first listened to a Blood Bowl podcast because my uh, friend, uh, Matt Vanderby, um, was interviewed. He won the Chaos Cup, and he was interviewed on uh, Three Die Block. So I said, okay, I'll check this out. I'm like, oh, I rather enjoyed that. I think I'll try more of this Three Die Block. Uh, and so I can remember I was wrapping Christmas presents in my basement. And not this basement. It was the basement of Ypsilanti, not the basement of Ann Arbor. 
I was wrapping Christmas gifts and listening to um, the first uh, Blockies episode and cracking up. I thought it was great. Um, and, you know, it sort of uh, set the bar for where I wanted eventually um, the Sigi Lama show to be. It had more production. It was more scripted. Um, it was fantastic. It was hilarious. And so I'd always, um, I, I, you know, when uh, um, when Polly left the show and, and Drew uh, joined, I would email every once in a while, once in a blue moon, and say, when are you going to do Blackie's 2.0? We need Drew's take on, on that. And plus, I just wanted to hear it again. And so I was so excited when they did a Blackie's 2.0. Um, and then uh, it, it turned out that unlike Blackie's 1.0, where they were awards for Blood Bowl teams um, and players themselves, uh, Blackie's 2.0 was going to be uh, awards for Blood Bowl podcasts. So I'm like, oh, I've got a Blood Bowl podcast now. I think I was into my, well, I don't know how many episodes I've done. I've done a few. I've done a handful of episodes. And I'm like, oh, all right, some recognition for all my hard work. Because, you know, the uh, the emails and forum posts I get aren't nearly enough, which they are. They're, they're, they're great. And thank you. Um, so they did the awards. And I'm, I'm listening. I'm all excited. I got nominated for three blockies, which was great. Um, I was nominated for best co-host pet name um, with the comment um, that uh, Sigmund Lamar was declared eligible due to, now I'm quoting. So this, is, this following part is all in quotes. This is going to be confusing. Quote, unquote. So that's within quotes, that quote, unquote. Um, so I was clearly eligible due to, quote, quote, unquote, wife and quote, unquote, children. End quote. I will leave that without further comment. But that blockie uh, for best pet name was uh, co-awarded to um, Scott and Steve from Both Down, not for uh, Scott Prime and Kilowagi but for the pet name Rumi, since they are roommates. So I don't know if that's them winning two blockies or, or one joint blocky. Uh, I'm going to say that's them winning two blockies. Okay. Uh, I was nominated for Best Producer um, with a, a very tough field, very, very strong field of producers, um, uh, extreme of Slurpcast, who um, doesn't do... <laughs> The post-production, um, which I think kind of goes with producer. He doesn't do the recording. He doesn't manage the recording or uh, the editing. Um, but he does, like, write notes for episodes. Um, but still, as far as that goes, he's very good at writing notes for episodes and uh, just organizing things generally. Um, and then uh, Professor Craig of 3 Day Block. And, of course, they, they had to give it to Professor Craig. That was... Uh a pretty obvious uh, uh, sop, um, but I was produced. I'm very, uh, I'm very proud of the the production on the Sigilama show. So it, it was good to be recognized uh, for that. Um, and then best guest, um, the field was uh, G Dub on Slurpcast, a very divisive nominee, I would say. Um, without having heard. 
frankly, any commentary on, on these blockies, um, which is not a criticism of, of the blockies. It's a criticism of all of you for not talking about it more. Um, Doc Max on the NAFCast. Uh, Doc Max is the organizer of Dungeon Bowl. Um, and then uh, Ram Tut the Third, played by me, uh, in the All in the Shambly episode, um, which, in my humble opinion, is the high point of the C.E. Lama show, is that, that sketch. Um, it's the thing I'm most proud of that I've, that I've done. Um, and, 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 and NAFCAST won. Um, NAFCAST won. That, uh, for best guest. It was a good interview. So what can I say? So I went 0 for 3. Uh, on the nominations, so so zero block is a show for it, um, and that would have been that would have been okay, but listening through, as I kept thinking, oh, well that that podcast won one, and that podcast won two there, and oh this category kind of seems like it was created just to give an award to that one podcast, and uh, and and there were seven. Blood Bowl podcast, podcast at the time. Can you believe there used to be only seven? And uh, it, and the Sigi Lama show was the only one that didn't win a blocky. It was the only offer um, in the episode. So, you know, kind of gave me a little bit of a Charlie Brown feeling. The big, uh, the big winners of the night were um, both down, who... Um, out of four nominations, won four blockies. But again, I'm counting one twice. So there were only there's only one category that for which they were nominated and did not win. And hey, it's a great podcast. I um I you know, like I said, I haven't been listening to a lot of Blood Bowl podcasts. I I've been listening to every episode of Both Down. I'm behind. So technically I haven't, but technically I will. Anyway, uh, yeah, like, you know, the farther it went on, the more it seemed like, oh, this is, I think this is designed to make sure every podcast gets a, gets an, a, gets an award, except mine, except mine, which, you know, was probably me misconstruing the intent of, uh, of the nomination categories, uh, of the award categories. That's probably it. But it kind of felt like I was just overlooked. That's what it felt like. I love you, Chance and Drew. I love your show. Actually, I listen to every episode. I'm behind on uh, I'm behind on Three Die Black too. I'm behind on everything, but I haven't skipped any episodes. It's a good show. It's a good show. Just wish, just wish the Blackies 2.0 had gone differently. I could use. I could use. Uh, I could use some love. Well, I got some love. I had a spot saved on my shelf that remained empty for a year. But then uh, Stephen Scott came to my rescue, and now I got a downy sitting in that spot up on the shelf. My cousin Dave got a downy too, which was great. Gordon Lightfeet. New fixture, new exciting fixture on the Blood Bowl scene. Look for him at Chaos Cup. I won't be at Chaos Cup. 
I, uh, I will be on vacation. I will be traveling. Don't rob my house. Uh, but he will be uh, there, I think. I will be at Zlurpy Bowl. He will not. We still like each other and enjoy each other's company. It's just uh, our blood bowl schedules aren't, aren't, aren't syncing up. Okay. That was a big trip down vanity and uh, self-pity road. What else is going on, Blood Bowl-wise? I play in a local league called the Blockham League. It used to be called the Blockham Pub League, even though we never played in a pub. Um, That's for reasons I will leave shrouded in mystery. It's called the Blockham League. And uh, you may recall I was on both down along with Matt talking about our season trying random skills in a league that otherwise was not employing random skills. And, uh, and I talked about how um, painful it was because I went, you know, I was playing pro elves and went a whole season without once acquiring the dodge skill, um, which makes it harder to play elves when everybody else can pick whatever skills they want. Um, Matt Delavis Vanderby, of course, um, as Kemery, won the championship with random skills. But we both decided after that that, okay, this isn't really the right environment for this. So uh, so Matt went on to play goblins, uh, which was good of him. And so far, we've shut him out of the the championships, although he did um, do pretty well this year. Uh, and I, I stuck with Pro Elves. I just restarted the team and uh, went on a long winless streak. First season, um, I, I forget if we played eight games. I had four draws and four losses, zero wins, and then uh, was having a very similar record in my second season um but then finished on a three-game winning streak my first three wins ever with uh the team this this incarnation of the team the random skills team did manage uh you know one of those um four nothing wins against vampires again random but went on a three-game winning streak and then won my the first round of the playoffs uh, against a uh, slant team. And now I'm against uh, Matt's Goblins in the finals, playing this Thursday. So that's exciting. So that's the Alfheimer Aeronauts. The uh, random skills version was the Ethernauts. Um, so that's fun. Finally, uh, the keys to, the, the for me, the keys to the pro-off team are getting uh, dodge on both of your blitzers, and then diving tackle on at least one. And once I got that, and uh, a couple, you also need a couple wrestlers on, um, that are catchers. A couple catchers with dodge wrestle. So the, the, the kind of use the blitzers as the, the anvil and the, and the catchers as the hammer on defense. And when, once you got all those pieces in place, and then you got a couple other catchers with dodge, so you can play some offense reliably, and hopefully blodge on the other two, then then you got your then you got your game plan. Kick on a line elf, 
And then uh, I throw her with uh, a couple skills to help him help you on offense. And then you're, you're good. You don't really need any more offensive skills except for like one or two on a, a thrower and just like dodge on a couple catchers. Well, really dodge on all four, which I got to that point. And then you just, every skill you take, you take with defense in mind and uh, and then you can play. At least that's that's my experience having done this three times. As soon as I have those pieces in place, I, I start winning. So until then, it can be hard. I also took the uh, Aeronauts to uh, Chaos Cup last year. Now, this is an old tournament report, so I'll just give it very briefly. I went three and three. Um, enjoyed all six games, had great opponents. I've had, you know, a luck. I've had a string where I've enjoyed every single opponent I've played. Played in Chaos Cup, played in um, uh, Underworld Cup last fall at Saul's place, played at um, Moose Knuckle Cup and Dog Bowl. I think those are the last four tournaments I've played at. Every single one, I enjoyed every opponent. Thank you to all of them. Um, gonna call out some highlights. Uh, at the Chaos Cup, um, played against Jonas, who would go on to be the, the Chaos Cup winner and his Norse team. Uh, using my Pro Elves, um, he received, I think that was his choice, and he just thought he would slaughter some, uh, some AV7. But I, uh, uh, well, first of all, to start the game, uh, Jonas um, insisted that we share dice, but he did it in like the classiest and yet subtly forceful way possible. Um, he just said very politely with a smile on his face. And if we could share dice, I would enjoy that. Like, well, how can I deny you the pleasure of sharing dice with me? Of course I will share dice with you, Jonas. Um, even though I generally don't do that. I usually get sick after <laughs> Blood Bowl tournaments, so I try to minimize uh, uh, contact, and I wash my hands a lot between games, sometimes during games. Uh, it is kind of a disgusting, it's some kind of weird, this sounds weird to say, I find handshaking to be kind of a disgusting habit. <laughs> Why do we still do that in this day and age? With, all the, with everything we know about how germs are transferred and how illness is spread, we still shake hands. You go to I go to a, like a work lunch, and I gotta shake people's hands and then immediately eat. And I'm like, I immediately have to go to the bathroom, because I'm gonna wash you off of me before I touch things that go into my mouth. What am I, a toddler? All right, boy, this is very. I, it's been a while since I've had a soapbox, folks. Strap in. What are we halfway through this episode? I'm guessing. I'm recording it. I don't have a timer on. Anyway, so we shared dice. Um, kicked to him. I played defense. As he said, if I can quote Jonas, if I can quote the, the reigning Chaos Cup champion, he said, and I quote, you played defense like a champ. And I have to say, it was my best half of Blood Bowl at that Chaos Cup. I stopped him. I stopped him. I stopped him, folks. I stopped him from scoring. I, he might have said, I don't know if this is true, he might have said that this was, that was the only drive where he, a score was prevented on him. 
that weekend. Um, he kicks to me, start the second half, and he gets a blitz. And it's sort of it's sort of all over from that point because um, it was a short kick and he got the ball and started tearing me up. Um, and I forget what the final score was, but I did have him sweating. I had him sweating because, you know, it's 0-0, zero, zero, second half, you're kicking to pro elves. You're, usually that means you're you're going behind. You're playing from behind at that point. You're playing for a tie. So that could have that could have deep sixed. I could have changed history. Who knows who who would be reigning Chaos Cup champion right now? Who knows who would have the uh, the memory of holding the Chaos Cup above their heads? Who would have that memory up on their shelf in their trophy case? Anyway. Um, other great thing that happened was uh, Anthony Albano. No relation to Albano's Pizza in Michigan City, Indiana. Where pizza was ordered and on many a special occasion in my family history. So G-Bread will always have a special place in my heart just because of his last name. Um, but he, uh, he submitted a riddle. So I had a contest. Um... You may not remember this. This is like probably a year ago that I announced the contest um, for a riddle. So I recorded a bunch of Blood Bowl riddles, um, wrote and recorded a few. Um, you heard at least one of them uh, on previous episodes. Um, I made a nice little template um, so that I could just drop in new vocal parts and do more riddles in the future. And I thought, okay, well, the winner of, uh, um, of this contest, maybe even every entry in the contest, I'll record that in the same style. Um, and then uh, GarageBand like, upgraded versions, and now I can't open that old file, uh, which is really super annoying. So there's that. Um, also, shout out to uh, Jim Luft, for sending along some dice from his Hookie Bowl tournament. Um, I think they were probably dice from Hookie Bowl 1, and he's already had Hookie Bowl 2. So, oh, God. Um, but he's sorry he sent those to me. Anyway, he sent me some uh, to use as uh, prizes on the podcast. They got uh, a Lord Borak face on one side. They got a, a, a Principal Rooney from Ferris Bueller's Day Off on the other die. Um I guess it's a it's like a hooky, get it, Ferris Bueller. Um, so he said those as prizes. And uh, Anthony, you had the only entry. Happens it was a good one, so it all works out. But uh, G-Bread is going to win some dice. I'm putting them in my uh, pack to take the Slurpee. He's registered, so uh, you can expect to have a prize handed to you. And let's all hear his riddle. And keep in mind, because I couldn't use my uh, GarageBand template, um, here it is recorded by my kids. I was going to air this in the holiday episode in December, except uh, the intro <laughs> the intro I wrote to explain that G-Bread had explained the contest and the fact that G-Bread had won it. Um, uh, my kids, they're good at some things, um, but making that comprehensible... Uh, was not one of the things that came off, so I left it off the episode. But here is the the joke itself. 
um, as performed by my kids. So please enjoy. Here's a riddle. What, what's green and red and flies all over? Hmm, what is green, red, and flies all over? I know, a goblin that failed its landing roll. Such enthusiasm, or at least various levels of enthusiasm um, in that reading. So thank you, G-Bread, for entering the contest and winning and for giving us all a hearty chuckle. Uh, what else can I talk about? Underworld Cup. I took Halflings, Stumford Ordinal. Um, Underworld Cup. If you've never been to Underworld Cup, you really must. It's like the third major in the United States. I'm counting Zerba Bowl as a major. Um, it's the one where every round you add like another 90 TV to your team. So you end up with like a round of 1,500 TV team. So much fun. I took Halflings because I was kind of burned out. Uh, I, I really didn't want to have to think too much during the weekend. And I just want to relax and have fun. So I said, I'm taking Halflings. And uh, I did have fun. I forget my record. It wasn't quite, I didn't quite make 500, but I was, wasn't bad. Um, and with Halflings, like, my goal is always, it'd probably be this way with any study team. Um, Halflings is the only one I've ever played as um my goal is always just to make the opponent sweat you look for that moment where they think oh crap i could lose this game to halflings and if you can get that moment you've won for me you know and then if you manage the tie that's like a real win uh and then if you can win then this like woo and you know it's like a parade um and then every once in a blue moon and I won a league championship this way. Um, every once in a blue moon, you just have one of those halfling games where you just stomp, completely stomp the other team. Uh, and my last game of Underworld Cup was like that. What you think? You know, the higher the TV, the worse the matchup's going to be for halflings. You know, they're they're going to be best in the first round. Um, you you know you take the six hundred TV team and then you add the the chef and deep root. Uh, and you've got a lot of assets. Um, you know, if your chef rolls well, sorry, if your chef um, puts on a really good stew that day, um, then a, a low TV team without a lot of skills, if they lose a lot of rerolls, they're going to have a hard time. Uh, and then the higher TV you get, the less impact that chef is actually going to have, generally. Um, and, you know, and the, and they've picked up some tackle and some block and, and you're in trouble. And in the last round, I, I, I got to play um, uh, the team captain who'd had a good day. He w had been in contention for first place. Uh, actually, no, he was the defending champ. This is Kranix, by the way. Um, he was defending champ and, uh, and was doing well. He was team captain for the next year, um, playing orcs. Um, I think he was having a good tournament. Uh, I was, I think it was two wins and two losses going into this. No, it was one win and two losses going into this game. No, one win and three losses. <laughs> I just, whatever, just make it up. Um, and yeah, it was just, a, it was just a stomping. 
Um, I think he won the toss and elected to receive and failed to pick up. Or maybe it was just like a really good kick and he couldn't get to it right away. I think he failed to pick up. And it's like, I'm throwing a halfling back there. And uh, and landed it, picked up the ball in his tackle zone and scored. So he's already down one nothing, And he's like, you know, and he saw he was playing halflings. He had that big smile on his face. And uh, and that that's that smile was gone for the rest of the game. Um, and uh, and then I just started. The trees were just tearing up orcs. Uh, ended up winning that game three to nothing, and it was just a total stomping. <sighs> in the uh, it was the second season of my local league, um, and I was playing against a lot of new coaches, so I I took halflings for that reason. But I'm like, but I'm playing. Having taken halflings, I'm playing my hardest um, and got to the championship game against a, a Norse team, Alex, Alex K's uh, Norse. And, uh, and oh, boy, that game was just, that was a brutal game. My halflings, I, I would have said that was my halflings' best game overall. Um, but no, this 3-0 this win against Orcs. And the last round of uh, of Underworld Cup was probably the best game I've ever played as Halflings. So that was fun. Um, and Krennix was a great sport about it. Um, let's see. Dog Bowl. Uh, my Chaos Pact team, the Frozen Flames, were two-time defending champions. So I had to bring them back to try to go for the three-peat. Um, fell short. Uh, got tied in the first round. And uh, uh, ended up with most KOs against, which is a, an award they tracked and gave out at uh, Underworld Cup, which is cool and uh, helped kind of explain why I uh, wasn't didn't get any other trophies because um, I got KO'd a lot. Oh well, it happened. Had fun, and um, and uh, the the. The, the, so I'd won Dog Bowl 2 and 3, and then uh, this year, the winner, uh, which was uh, Alex B., Wigwam, uh, also a local league mate, uh, he won first place. Um, Matt Vanderby won second, so the, the Blockham League was well represented. Um, Alex got a, a Viking hat, and I'd forgotten, but the winner of Dog Bowl 1 had gotten a Viking hat. And then uh, the two years in between, they'd forgotten to, to bring them uh, to give to the winner, which happened to be me. And so um, very thoughtfully, I would not have thought of this or expected it in any way, but very thoughtfully, um, uh, Jeff and, uh, and Randroid uh, brought an extra Viking hat for me as a makeup as a makeup Viking hat. So I felt... That felt nice. I felt that was that was that was kind of like the downy of hats. It felt good. So thanks, guys. Uh, and what else? Um, and then Moose Knuckle Cup, where I took uh, what did I take? Did I take Chaos Pact? Did I take Pro Elves? Wow, I enjoyed that tournament a lot. I honestly don't remember what I played. We played in this uh, a moose lodge, um, which, you know, I'm, uh, 
if I were to become a member of a Moose Lodge, I would be a third generation moose. And that, I guess that's, I mean, there's a, even a Moose Lodge closer to, to me than, than that one. Maybe I should do it. I would never go. Maybe I would. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Anyway, um, Tom and uh, all those guys, uh, all the Detroit, the Detroit folks, um, put on a great tournament. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I really recommend next time they put on a Moose Knuckle Cup um, that more folks try to make it out there. Yeah, it was it was really cool. It was a good venue too. We had the whole top uh, floor, like the what would have been at one point the ballroom or the the dance floor of the Moose Lodge. We had it all to ourselves. Big space. Um, wasn't air conditioned, which for me that's a plus. I hate air conditioning. I'd rather have a box fan in the window any day. And that's what exactly what they did. I was very comfortable. Loved it. And there's a bar downstairs. You just walk downstairs, get a drink. Any time of day. So it was fun. Lots of bikers hanging around. Again, not the, not the fine kind of company I often find myself in. And it was totally cool. I, I thought it would be weird when I walked in and like there's a parking lot full of bikers hanging around drinking beer out of a tent. And I got to kind of navigate through them with my carrying my, you know, uh, C4 case with my little toys inside. And uh, no one battered an eye. It was all cool. One dude was even wearing the same hat as me. I, uh, I'm, as I get older, I'm like, I want to wear like older gentleman hats, cover up that bald spot. And, you know. Try to look like, uh, I don't know, like I respect myself <laughs> while secretly covering up uh, things I'm ashamed of. Um, and so I just had like a, a little dress hat. And then there was like a, a dude who had the same hat, um, but he was wearing like a leather vest and tie. Um, and then a very cool um, like lilac dress shirt underneath. It was a good look. It was a good biker look. If I was ever going to be a biker, I would go for that, like, you know, 1920s gangster updated look um, biker. It was pretty cool. And he didn't, like, knock my hat off my head or want to start a fight because I had the same hat. Like, you know, the kind of you, you, you see that and like, oh, shit, that guy's wearing the same hat as me. And like you just mind flashes to like things you've seen in movies and uh, thankfully, movies are mostly fake. And you shouldn't try to... I learned this. This is a hard lesson uh, growing up um, in my romantic life. Is don't use movies as your template for how to act or how to try to find love. Because um, they, will, they will have you doing things that don't work because they're fake. I'm just full of lessons, so much wisdom in the Sigi Lama show, this episode. It's like, uh, this is episode 13, and I, I took uh, six months off. So this is like six episodes worth of wisdom. Anyway, take it from me. Moose Knuckle Cup. Great time. No recollection of what I did. You know what? I, got, I even have the NAF. Um, the NAF.net. Great website. I'm thankful. Oh, I did take halflings. See? If you don't want to think about your tournament, take halflings. It worked. Um, three ties and a loss. 
That's right. And I didn't win Stunny Cup. There was only one other Stunny team. And uh, he edged me out, like, on bonus points. Um, and there was a thing with that because he um, he played a dwarf team that was being played by a brand new coach who I think was playing his first games ever at that tournament. Um, and then I drew that same dwarf team, except that that coach had to leave. And so Tom took over. So, you know, Tom Tom's not a bad coach. So it wasn't exactly equal footing. Didn't matter. Um, the guy who won it gave me his prize because he said he had enough miniatures. So... Um, so he was totally cool and gracious as a winner. And I was just a dick on, uh, on my podcast complaining about how unfair it was. So there you go. Different strokes. <sighs> Am I done with blood bowl talk? Probably. I've got nothing to say about the new, uh, the new edition coming out in GW. That's games workshop, uh, getting back into supporting blood bowl and, uh, and the new cyanide game, I, I, I frankly have not been following it at all. I know it, it's happening. Um, the miniatures I've seen look cool. I don't know if I'm going to buy it. Probably won't. But if they came out with like a sweet um, slam team, or no, actually a wood elf team, because that's where the big hole is. I would love to play wood elves. I never have because every wood elf miniature out there that I've seen that like looks like wood elves and not just like generic elf that you could paint as wood elves. Um, everyone I've seen, including second edition, uh, has something about it that just strikes me as either really ugly. Uh, and there I'm talking about the second edition line elves and thrower. Uh, they just don't look right. They don't, they don't fit. Um, the blitzers and catchers look cool. Uh, they're either like ugly, like in their face, <laughs> um, or just the sculpts I just find really unappealing, or they're like doing silly handstands or like have their boobs out or something. They don't look like they're serious athletes playing in a life or death situation to me. So if, if Games Workshop or whoever, Forge World, is that, what, I don't know, follow stuff. If they did, like, a good-looking Wood Elf team, I would, I would buy that. They'd have my money. Um, and, you know, there's, uh, there's probably some other races, too, I can, can't think of, where it's like, oh, I just don't like anything that's out there for that race, so I'll never buy it. Um, so they can still get me. You know, I still don't own orcs that I like. There's tons of options out there for orcs. I got too many teams. I got uh, the Michael Ratman team. I'm really excited about um, Don Roach and uh, the Stevens brothers, Spencer and Sexy. Um, they, they, um, some somehow among the three of them, they took a commission to like prepare that team for me, um, and I got my color scheme painter checked out. It's it's it's, it's going to be called the Dundert Cheapskates. Um, Name inspired by the uh, Headbangers Ball and their uh, their theming requirements at their thought. I, I may never get to that tournament. Do they even still have it? Um, but I thought, well, if I ever went, what would I call my team? I'm like, I take a Skaven team called the Dundert Cheapskates. And uh, color scheme is going to be uh, pink and white and black. Because I haven't done pink yet. And I haven't done white in a while. Right now I'm painting, well, right now, 
Um, I mean, <laughs> the team that's in progress now is my dwarf team, Foggy Mountain Breakdown, uh, which is my second edition dwarves. So I got those to paint. I got the uh, Michael Ratman uh, to paint. I got the Sarkos Lizards, which I actually really would rather do a Lizardman team that's uh, customized from Gene Stealers because I think Gene Stealers with fewer arms and fingers um, would look would be make for really cool sauruses. Um Anyway, I've already got enough things. Plus, I, I don't really... I don't want to play every race. Uh, anyway, the only ones I really want to acquire next would be um, goblins and dark elves and wood elves and maybe ogres and... Maybe Underworld. But that's it. That's absolutely it. Okay. Maybe Orcs. But then I'd be done. That's it. So I'd like only double the teams I have right now. I've only ever played humans, pro-elves, chaos pact, and halflings. You know, on Cyanide, I back in the day, I played a handful of games with uh, dwarves and... Um, and in the play-by-email days, which is how I got back into the, you know, the, the living rulebook era, uh, I was playing orcs back before I knew what I was doing. So, yeah, you know, for all my experience, I don't have a lot of experience, not a lot of diversity in my Blood Bowl experience. I got to branch out. Okay. That was my big theme. Post-game sequence. Post-game sequence. Um, I want to give a big shout-out to the hero developers. I want to call them heroes. The hero developers of uh, the NAFLM software. So uh, you're aware of OBBLM, the league management software. Uh, NAF has their own version uh, that they're hosting now. And there's been a ton of development lately on uh, updating and improving that software. And, I mean, this this is a kind of giving to the community that I think would normally go unheralded. Um, I mean, you have your podcasters who are, you know, let's face it, doing it as much out of vanity uh, as anything. And they get... We, we get recognition to some degree anyway. And then you got your, like, your NAF volunteers, and they get to be, like, heads of committees and stuff and write newsletters or be mentioned in newsletters and things like that. Um, you got people running their leagues, and everybody knows who they are. But uh, the invisible heroes, well, I'm sure there's more in examples, but, um, but these are invisible heroes, the, the developers who are putting a lot of time into... making the software better that's going to help people run their leagues. And, you know, their names don't go... Their names aren't, are not going to appear on that website. So here, let me uh, name them off for you. Okay, first off, Craig Fleming gets top billing. I'm looking at the number of commits on the GitHub repo, the code repository. Um, by far the most commits by Craig Fleming. Rythos. And I think it's kind of like organizing the whole effort at this point. Um, although I think originally it was organized 
if I understand what I'm reading right, uh, by Stevo. So big hat tip to Stevo, who's still contributing lots of code. Um, we got uh, Hutchins Ferry. We've got Michael M. Franchetti, which I guess is Michael Franchetti. Uh, Jurgen 69. All right. Uh, Bertrand Madet. Med, med, Medet. Med, sorry. Tramby. Um, Nicholas M.R. Nicholas Mister. And William Leonard. So those last few only made some smaller contributions, but but really, um, if you look at the, the the activity on the repo, it's it's really it's really Craig and uh, Steve, and uh, and uh, and Hutchins throwing in some doing some pinch hitting, um, and then but then all those other folks contributing too, pitching in, and uh, and I sent uh, uh, a suggestion um, since I tried installing the the new the latest version. This is back. This is a few months ago. I tried installing the latest version, um, and uh, I, I saw some issues um, when trying to make it work for my league, um, but didn't know enough about how Git or GitHub works to um, contribute back to the project. So I just emailed back and forth with Craig a bunch of times. And he helped me debug my problem, So, um, which you know made an improvement in the code at the same time. So big thanks to, to Craig and that whole team, everybody who contributes to that project. That's a really huge thing, you know? Um, that's, you know, that's, that's on unpaid and unglorified work that I think is going to make uh, a big difference to a lot of people's enjoyment of the game. Running their own tabletop leagues where I think the magic of Blood Bowl really happens so thank you guys big shout out to you um what else um hucker 73 sent me a monster i forget if it was a, a public post in the the siggy llama show forum on talk fantasy football or if it was a pm i forget anyway he sent me this monster post um, which like I could just read through his questions and answer them. And that would be probably an hour long podcast. So someday, um, I, I do plan to return to that. If I ever become an active podcaster again. Um, and, uh, actually I've got another segment recorded already. It's just going to take a lot of editing, but it is an interview with, if I have another episode, it's going to be an interview with, I'm not going to say who, but I can promise you, it'll be the most famous person ever to appear on a Blood Bowl podcast. And I don't mean Blood Bowl famous. I mean like famous in the world. Like people who are aware of the name and have seen their work. So... Building anticipation. You'll have to stay tuned to find out what I mean. Okay, that ends that. And uh, now we'll wind down the program. Um, I did mention that I've been working on music. Uh, it's something I uh, hadn't done in a while and wanted to get back to. I kind of said when I turned 40, I said, okay, it's time to 
get all these songs that are in my head, like out of my head, um, and into a form where other people can hear them, preferably recorded. And uh, and that didn't really happen in my 40th year. So when I turned 41, I'm like, doggone it, this is this is I gotta do this. And so I did it. Um, so I made an album. It's a demo. So expectations should be calibrated ex- um, accordingly. Good morning, Floyd. Say hello to the audience of the Sigilama show. Good morning. Oh, he woke up with a new accent. That happens every once in a while. Um, so anyway, I, I'm in an album. It's like, it's like the length of an album. A short album, but, you know, it's like a complete thing. And it's, it's a demo at this point, but it, frankly, it sounds better than I thought it was going to. And uh, to whatever degree I succeeded in doing this thing, I uh, really and truly believe that I was able to do it because of this podcast. Um, not just because of the practice it gave me with, uh, with the audio uh, recording and, and editing, and really the editing was a, a huge part of it, um, uh, but just, the, um, just getting in the habit of like, realizing something creatively, like having an idea for something and then making it actually happen and then putting it out for people and people responding to it. So... Um, uh, and then, you know, all the, all the, the musical bits, um, and just like, yeah, figuring out the, the production and like trying to make things sound good. Um, so I don't know. So, so everyone who's ever listened to this podcast, give me any kind of feedback at all. Um, even just downloading it because that is its own form of, um, affirmation, um, that was all very um, encouraging and a, a, I think a really necessary stepping stone to um, to completing this thing, whatever it is, whatever you think of it. Um, I'm I'm proud of it and I'm really happy I got it done. And I need to thank you um, for uh, being part of uh, that journey. So as a thank you note or a bunch of notes arranged on a staff, um, here is, uh, here is the album in its entirety as it exists today. And I don't know what the next step for this thing is, if it like ever has another pupa stage it goes in, but, um, but this is it, and I want to share it with you. So I hope you enjoy it. Let me know what you think. Um, don't like chop it up into individual tracks and share it with a bunch of people, okay? Not that you would, because you probably don't like it. Maybe you'll love it. It's pretty great. I'm really proud of it. Okay. Thanks. Uh, See you next episode in a year. We'll see. Okay. Oh, and a Slippery Bowl. See you at Slippery Bowl. Uh, And I won't see a Chaos Cup. And no uh, Way Homer this year. So this is your Way Tour. Listen to this. I made it long. I didn't mean to, but I did. Okay. Here it is. Uh, It's called The Useless Truth. Excuse me, I don't mean to pry But I'm searching for some substance To that flash that caught my eye 
So I'll drive a wage and strike a conversation To determine if you could be refined Troubles, wobbles, it's all I can lay my hands on Chained to my wrist I don't know where we're supposed to find air When the coffin can't get your lungs clear Just black dust in these sacks Is as good as bust to Mr. De Beers But I work the job till my heart has been hobbled This I have been smitten by crystalline kitten I live my life in darkness To see you shine, shine, shine Oh, but if you're in the rough It makes you tougher to find I'm working in a diamond mine Chocolate pudding pie, chocolate pudding pie. 
You say that you're sick of suffering You tell me you can't take no more Well, did Jesus go expelling the bullies from his temple So you could put a bullet into yours The pilot and the fishermen They know you gotta fly through the flak The fish on the line's gotta put up a fight when he finds out the worm bites back Cause life is struggle and you gotta fight life right back While you waste an opportunity Someone else is wasting away They're lying down in leisure They're falling down with seizure your mass as long as you've got a leg to stand on you might as well kick some mass cause life is struggle so let's go and ask Napoleon Napoleon what you gonna do you know you got a knack for planning the attack Are you gonna wait for them to come to you? Great men rise to occasions But if there's no occasion, what then? Life is what you make it Sometimes you gotta take it A million corpses say If the riot cop peppers you with mace If you're bitten by the lashes And you're choking on the ashes And the boot is stamping your face If they strapped you down to the table And they're cutting off your fingers one by one Then lift up your arm And give them the burden Empty gesture is better than Somebody sells the lies that entertains and Somebody's gotta die And somebody's gotta cry And somebody's gotta pick at the remains I'm not trying to say it's a good thing But what's the point of saying it's bad? At least you get to choose the way that you lose And you don't get better than that
I see your face afloat atop of a cloud Accumulate, accumulus shroud The very whisper of a dream of loud A beam that's gleaming What could dispel the cold and the loneliest night? Oh, still I find I'm in that same old pine. I wish I was with what I must live without. I often mistake midnight for noon. I've never had a knack for marking the time Over making same with beauty divine I strike my fist out without reason or rhyme I seek the grape and seize the Tempt me, reject me, and tell me, get lost. The dog scoffs as you run off with the spoon. Oh, but I will find you soon, alchemist moon.
I read every book upon my shelf. I blew out the candles all by myself. When I say the alphabet, I always yell, Oh, I can do every color in the rainbow. You will see me a green if you're a saying I'm great. There isn't any rule that I won't violate. And I open up a door, then in I go. I can do every color in the rainbow. Every joint in my body can twinge, rotate, bend, or inch. I read every book upon my shelf. Blew out the candles all by myself When I say the alphabet I always yell Oh, I can do every color in the rainbow I love you like the Italians do My sausage is simmering in sauce I love you like the Italians do I go bang like a mafia boss Houdini is master escapist But I'm faithful to you as a papist For I love you Like the Italians do I treasure you like the recipe for ragu With ten thousand lira and change I would love to sing a Verdi opera to you But I fear that it's out of my range I'm standing up straighter than Mona Lisa My smile is much greater than Tower of Pisa, for I love you like the Italians do. The Irish love their ballads, and the Greeks they love their dramas. Arabs love their camels, and the Incas love their llamas. Hoosiers love prep basketball, the French love dioramas. Zulus love to sing the blues and Japanese love silk pajamas. All this is true, but I love you like the Italians do. I beg thee, play bocce ball with just me. Let no one else give you a toss. When I see you fingering your rosary beads, it makes me want to feel cross. When you're on my skinny like spicy meatball, I almost touch God like it, Sistine Chapel. Oh, I love you, His name 
Get your head up off us 
made by mother's hands or straight from store-bought cans take comfort where you can